Chapter 1 Whoever said it was lonely at the top was wrong. My father wore the phrase like a badge of honor, trotting it out on special occasions, reminding everyone that he had started his own law firm at the age of 28 and quickly turned it into one of New York's top practices. It wasn't easy, he pointed out frequently, usually when explaining why he couldn't come to my softball games, tennis matches, swim meets, debates, or soccer tournaments, and I'd never doubted him. He and my mother lived together but apart, sharing a home and two daughters but little more. They'd been happy enough with their arrangement, and I'd considered it a byproduct of success. Sometimes, on the rare night he was home before bed, he'd take me up to the roof and we'd study the blinking city below. I looked up to my father in every way, took his wisdom as gospel, and vowed to follow in his footsteps. But I knew then, as I know now, that he was wrong. It's not lonely at the top. It's the top. He was right about the other part, though. It's not easy, and he didn't make it easy on me, either. Everyone assumed I'd work with my father and rise swiftly through the ranks at his firm, Dufresne Proctor, but I'd known since age 12, when I announced that I'd be attending Yale, then Yale Law, then becoming a lawyer just like him, that I would never work at his side. He told me people would call it nepotism and refused to take me seriously. I had my father's drive, but my mother's looks. And people saw three things when they looked at me. Blonde hair, blue eyes, and big breasts. Despite the fact that I moved to Chicago without knowing a soul, interviewed at a dozen different firms, and ultimately accepted an entry-level position with Sterling, Morgan, and Haynes, people still refuse to believe that I've worked for everything I have. Growing up, teachers complained to my parents that I didn't work well with others. Even now, I don't pawn off less appealing tasks to paralegals or junior associates. I do the work myself. Some people call it vain or selfish, but I call it getting things done. And it served me well in my five years at the firm. It's why I'm the best. It's also why I'm at the office at 11.17 p.m. on a Saturday when nearly everyone else has gone home to be with their wives or husbands or cats or whatever it is people do when they're not here. The 32nd floor of the King Building in downtown Chicago isn't the top of the world, but on clear summer nights like this, it feels pretty damn close. I worked my ass off to make it this far, and for some people, this is as good as it gets, but not for me. The company plans to launch a new office in Los Angeles this fall, and I'm the one they've selected to head it up. A new city, an office on the 44th floor, and guaranteed fast track to partner, right on schedule. I've got dozens of active cases, but at the moment, my focus is my biggest client, Teller Manufacturing, a home appliance maker being sued by a woman who makes her living fabricating lawsuits. I could win this single-handedly, but the partners have insisted on assigning a second lawyer to the case, even when I could get things done ten times faster on my own. Right now, I'm saddled with a fellow fifth-year named Arthur Wong, we started at the firm on the same day, but that's where the similarities end. I win where Arthur loses. I push where he pulls. I stand out where he shrinks back. I am competent where he is. Arthur? Yes? His head pops up from beneath the conference table. What are you doing down there? I'm looking for something. A backbone? Legal acumen? Confidence? You're hiding from the picture again, aren't you? What? Um, what? Working with Arthur is like toting around one of those fake babies they use to discourage teenage pregnancy. Pointless and cumbersome. 
He's as helpless and hapless as a newborn, cries at least half as often, and I have not learned anything from the experience. Do you need a tissue? I ask when he sniffles. No, thanks, I have one. It's a photo of a finger, Arthur. The woman is still alive. I know. And she's suing our client. I know. Shaky breath. She's a manipulative liar who hacked off her pinky in order to come after Teller for millions of dollars. I know, I just have allergies. Now he does snatch up a tissue, dabbing at his eyes. For Christ's sake, I restack the evidence photographs. Stop looking at the pictures if they aggravate your allergies. He looks relieved, but merely says, We should probably wrap up for the day. As he randomly tucks papers into his briefcase, it's getting late. It's quarter after eleven. I take a sip of my energy drink, underscoring the message that we've still got lots to do.